This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good everybody. And just you now, Bungus. This is, we're going to get used to this, mate. Just the yeah, two of us riding solo. Um, and we're going to have to get used to uh, footy being back in our lives and pretty much nothing else mattering for the next six months. Well, I've got to say, I mean, after that round of rugby league, it might not be NRL Boom Rookies. Yeah, <laughs> a couple might, of weeks. Uh, might be, um, I don't know. It's late in the season in the NBA. Boom, rookies. Rookies, yes. Touch <laughs> football, boom, rookies. is very similar. Yeah. We can do those um, too. I, I, I felt like this weekend, Bungard, I felt like the fan I've hated most in my life. I felt like the uneducated, un- uneducated, dumb idiot sits in the corner of the pub, doesn't get the rules and doesn't understand what's going on and what happened, what changed about the game. This is not the game I remember. I felt like that more on this weekend. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was quoted on a news.com story as a, as a, as a NRL podcaster saying that I thought the new game was uh, sluggish and error riddled, which it was, but now I, now I'm the guy complaining about, about the state of the game. Um, funny, yeah. very funny that that was used and shout out to our Patreon subscriber, Jack Cronin, who was also featured in that article, a couple of uh, influences there, but yeah, mate, I don't know. Like just from like the first minute of the first game of round one, when I saw, 17 Storm players jump on top of Latrell Mitchell and hold him down for 400 seconds. And South's reward was a six again on tackle one. I thought, ah, this is going to be shit. (laughs) Yeah, just... And the the ball and play number, I mean, we all know these measures. Same with play the ball speak. I mean, anything or nothing. And the ball and play number has been a real big focus of of this measure of, you know, the, the speed of the game for some reason. And I don't know why that's been used as the measure. But also the same reason, I don't know why we ever thought fatigue was a measure for entertainment or for points or anything either. I just don't understand a lot of the thinking right now. I've said that for a while, but this round, yeah, the ball was out of play, but it was a little less ball and play than last year, but you had, everyone has eyes. We could see it was played faster up the guts. You see it was a more, it was a more scrappy game. You don't need to tell me ball and play was actually down, which is weird that Annesley came out with that after trying to get that number up. But it just it just feels more sluggish, more of a fitness focus down the middle of the field. And some of the, a lot of the tries we saw scored this this week were those like tired guy in the middle, which I guess is what they wanted. But it's just boring rugby league. <laughs> like, I mean, we we had what? I mean, apart from you know, apart from teams going six four nil up or six nil up, so scoring the first try and then losing, we had what one rule change? Uh, one uh, lead change, and that was Broncos Steels. No, we had the Bulldogs as well. Yeah, they got they yeah. they. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so last year it was like seventy. No, that's what I said. They scored like one yeah. try to go up four yeah, nil, yeah. but then that was. I'm not really counting that as a lead change because then after that it was one way traffic. So well, let's see. I mean, well, last year in the NRL there was the only what I think seventy five percent of the teams that scored first, so that be try or or penalty goal went on to win that game, which is quite ridiculous in league anyway. But this weekend we had two of those changes, but those were the two teams that kept doing it last year. They're like the twenty eight percent. They make up like the twenty eight percent of those losses. And it just feels like these rules, like them or not, it just feels like the better teams have the upper hand with these rules and the, and the team on top has the upper hand. And it feels like even if we do have those leads or changes or comebacks, the team ahead with 15 minutes to go is in more control than they ever have been of the result from there. Like there was a right at the end of that Broncos game, there was a sequence and it actually did lead to Brody Croft bombing that try but there was a sequence on the Broncos goal line. And I'm not sure I know how many times you wave six again. I don't know 
what if he was signaling the same one? But the referee did wave six again three times in the air in that period. And the first tackle got stopped on our goal line. The next one, Pangai got caught in the in goal, receded six again, offloaded to Bullmore, who made it out of the in goal, dived like one meter out, landed on like just out of the goal line, and then got up again and ran. And when he was getting up again, the referee fixed again and again. I don't know what that means. Then he had to go back and play the ball there. And then I was just thinking in that period, it's like, does that mean because he waved six again when Pangai got collided with in the in goal, the, Bron- the Broncos in goal, if he offloaded that to Bullmore and he got tackled in goal, the Broncos are giving away a dropout, right? There's no advantage on... I don't know. I don't I mean, think so. I, I don't even know. A, I thought that too. And that's just a caveat that I just don't think they considered when they brought yeah. this rule in. And then I, I just don't know what to think, man. It's like, I watched Souths get a six again. And then probably before the ref even put his arm down, um, Keon's thrown a no-look offload on zero tackle. It's been intercepted. And we've lost the ball. It's like, well, what, 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 what advantage did we gain from that? Yeah. And, and no doubt there's in some vacuums, right? There is in some vacuums where you're the team with the, with the ball. You would prefer the six again. Yeah, of course. And the storm got you guys pretty early with it. They rolled down the middle for about five tackles or four tackles and they got another one and then they rolled and they scored. That's when you want it. You do want that when you got the roll on. That is indeed when it punishes the defensive team more. But we've seen so many of these already when teams are, I mean, there was more six against given away by teams leading than those trailing again this week. But when teams are parked down their own end or good teams and the storm did this to you, not only do they get give away six against happily, they're allowed to to challenge referee way more because of that. That 10-meter offside one is particularly a worry for the quality of the contest for mine. Like, I don't know, understand in what world Brisbane wouldn't have wanted to kick that ball 40 meters and, and get it and get a well, tap. I don't understand how that was the they get rewarded. How I mean, friend of the show, Matt Coleman came up with what I think is a pretty simple fix to this. And it's if it's in your own half, it's a penalty. And if it's yeah. in the attacking half, it's a six again. It yeah. doesn't completely fix it, but I think that would go a long way to solving these issues. Because why on earth does a team 10 meters out from their own line have their fullback run the ball back? He gets mm. tackled. Eight blokes lie on him until their entire defensive line is set on tackle one. And then they get a six again as a, as a punishment. It's like, yeah. what? Why? What was, the, what was the punishment there? I don't know. As you said, they have far too much control of it when it's in opposition territory. And, it, and teams like the Storm there, Whilst you guys are making a comeback, again, they're in full control of the tempo of the game, they feel like, when they've got you pinned down your end. And, yeah, I know for lots of the games, it's twos and fros, but good teams get on top and stay on top. And, the, I mean, we've all seen the, the big gap, it feels, between the good and the bad teams. The numbers back that up. And even this weekend, by the way, in terms of quality of game, I haven't yeah. gone back too far, but so there was 706 one-pass hit-ups this round. And... If you go back like round one last year, there were 617 of them. And then round three, when the new rules came in, we have the most one pass hit ups to the last two years, 754. That's almost like 50 by a team each in a game where they're just going one out now. There's one out up the well, guts because it's have to do. And the thing that struck me was just how bad the last 15 minutes was of pretty much every single game. I mean, I know South got back into it early in the second half, but both teams were pretty much walking to the finish line by the end. And there wasn't really a sense in any of these games towards the end that something was going to turn or something could happen. I mean, Brisbane was so knackered that they were making like ridiculous basic elementary, like Brodykoff dropping that ball. Obviously that's not hundred percent on fatigue, but like th- they were so gutted by the end. Like I think there was like four minutes to go. They punted a long kick to the corner instead of trying something on tackle five while they were losing, because I think everyone was just so gassed. 
Yeah, and their, their kick chase is awful too with that. But yeah, once you lose, they had three guys injured. I mean, like you've got no chance then, do you, with these new rules? And I understand that first 20 minutes or so of every game has actually been pretty good. It has been high intensity and fast and, and probably what they've wanted to have. But, you know, if, if you're going to keep playing the game, this this tempo and this speed, they're all gonna, you're going to have the same type of athlete across the whole field. And is that what we want? Do you want everyone to be trim and just like no one watches rugby league for marathon runners and touch footy players? I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Like, it's just, um, it's the first time I've really sat there. Well, I said it on Friday night in the pub too with you. I was like, I'm, I don't understand some of the calls or things that are happening. I feel like I've aged 10 years or something. I've not watched a game for a decade and just come back to it. Like, yeah, I don't even, with the six again, too, you don't even know what, what they're for half the time now. You're just like, the other way, arm gets waved or whatever happened. I don't know what happened. And they, or they waved their arm, like I said, in the Broncos one. He waved his arm three times in three tackles and only got awarded one, I think. I don't even know what it all means sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Confused. And then um, you also notice, by the way, pinning them down. So when you guys go and watch a game again now, and our Bungard spoke about pinning them down on first tackle, you watch next time a team hands the ball over or kicks, you watch tackle one. Now you watch, so a team ahead when they, when they grub her, you watch tackle one and you, you watch how offside they are. Because that referee, that single referee, when he's also gassed, he can't get back to 10, 55 minutes into the game. You know, <laughs> he can't get back to first tackle 10. You, you watch him. And some of those, I, I went back and watched some of them just, just today. And I was like, geez, like refs gassed. <laughs> Everyone's gassed. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to go through every game but in, in detail. I mean, there's, there's not really much point in most of them. I mean, the fact that, the storm were up by a million after half an hour, and that ended up being the closest game of the round. I guess kind of says it all. Um, weirdly, the only two games that were sort of any any aspect of a contest with twenty minutes to go were the games involving my team and your team, and then also uh, the sharks and the dragons a little bit, I guess. But yeah, it it, it just I, I know people want to make excuses and say it's not the new rules, it's the humidity, it's round one, blah blah blah. It's hot every year in March, like. That's not an excuse. It was different. It was it was the product at the end of pretty much every single game was bad. It was bad. Yeah, we got one non-favorite win, one upset. And we, as you know, rugby league used to be early in the season, well, used to be upsets galore. But it just feels like good teams, if you get on top, that's just it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It just that hasn't was, been... That was the Warriors, right? They played well. Yeah, good on did. them. Um, and- Oh, you did mention, by the way, you said they didn't. Doesn't look like they thought about the advantage for a six uh, for a ruck and fringe. Oh, sorry, set restart for ten meters. The other one they clearly didn't think about, and they've already changed it. But this is just a great example of the the process of implementing these rules that weren't deeply thought out. The not stopping the clock for the bunker on try decision. So if you scored a try and they review every try now, which I actually do like this change. Yes, but they weren't stopping the clock. So there was only five of them this weekend when they overturned them, but we lost, we lost five, what just under five minutes across all of them. But we had one, the Cody Ramsey one, we lost 82 seconds of the game. George Williams lost 57 seconds of the game. The Tupanua one, we lost 80 seconds of the game. The quick ones were Sebastian Chris's. We lost 39 and Paul Momorowski, she lost 27. They've changed that rule now already, but it, it just, that's it. That's just what we're dealing with now. Mate. The rules on the fly. Because they can't even get them, they're not getting right when they're implemented. They have to be changed within, you know, eight games. Yeah. I, I don't see how, I just don't see how this does it. I just don't see how this stays the way it is by the end of the year. I really don't. 
Um, the fatigue, and we'll just we've said it so many times. The fatigue being seen is what's good in sport. I've never understood it. It would have never bring the game back to what it used to be. The fatigue of forty years ago. What they think fatigue is is the disparity between quality of player and the net, the and the, the wide net cast by by the playing group. I mean, there was no, there was just Aussies, white Aussies, not a wide net of players, part timers, and the worst player was far worse than the worst player now. Like. You know, that's the gap between the quality of player. It's not, oh, the, the big fellas were tired. So, you know, the good players darted through. No. It's, no. It's the good players were professionals who worked every day on their game. The bad players were bakers who played on the weekend. Yep. Um, Melbourne were good. So were the Warriors. It's probably the this week. probably the highlights of the round. I thought thought the Warriors were fantastic. I thought their def- defending was great. Um, obviously, um, the Titans certainly didn't live up to the expectation, but I did, I did enjoy hearing Dave Fafita acknowledge that after the game. So basically they, they talked about, about the hype they were getting and how they didn't, how they didn't really live up to it. and probably didn't deserve it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Warriors defense was fantastic. And, and I'm not really, I, I think maybe all that stuff about them being better for last year, having to stay over here and be Galvan and stuff. I think that might, might end up being proven correct. Maybe. Yeah, I don't want to read too much into any of the fixtures so far. We do this very often in round yeah. ones, but the Warriors definitely seem to have a lot more of how they were playing the back end of last year hang around with them than I expected. They looked quite a similar team. And I thought as, as a house pairing, if any of the new rules benefited anybody, it really does benefit Nicarima and Harris Tevita. They're not really the best playmakers, but they can run around tied forwards. And, you know, Nicarima supported through for that try from Bunty Afoa he knocked over Fasum, uh, Tino and uh, Fafita yeah. in the same run. Great run. But yeah, I thought they were probably the standout team of the weekend. They held the, the Titans to, to nil to the 73rd minute. And the Titans just got that great lesson. And, you know, just because a team makes good signings, it doesn't solve all their problems instantly. People often predict a team, one or two good signings, they're going to rock it up from being the 10th or 12th best team to being the third or fourth best team. It rarely happens like that. It's like when the Knights got Kalen Ponga, for example, they doesn't rock it up the ladder. They got better, but there's still a ways to go for that whole that whole team, really. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, the Cowboys were another team that copped a lot of preseason hype. They are atrocious. Um, that game was pretty atrocious as a whole. It was absolutely awful. Um but I did find Todd Payton's press conference afterwards quite interesting, particularly uh, going into detail about not only the things that Jason Tamalola did wrong, but also once again, defending his decision to take him off the field for more minutes and sort of discuss that it's not just about this year, but it's about the next few years of his contract. And if people didn't see it, uh, we put it up on, on socials and stuff. If you want to go find it. But basically he talked about how Tamalola has got seven years left on his contract. And if they run him into the ground, paying him 65, 70 minutes every week, that in three or four years time, he might be all juiced out, which, you know, is, is probably not something that most people would think about when they are a new coach coming into a team and sort of a, a team that hasn't made the finals in a couple of years and sort of working out how they're going to find a way to win and how they're going to find a way to get better. So I, I found those comments particularly interesting, Mitch. And I also found it interesting that he then called out Tamalo specifically for his, for his laziness on the last try. Yeah. Look, I want to say that the first thing is I find these the comments fascinating. And that's the best part about this so far is I'm so sick of bland press conference like most of us should be. I'm sick of hearing coaches talk about the refs is why we lost or, um, you know, the previous coach of me is shit roster is why we lost or all that kind of stuff. Like never, or, oh, we played pretty well. You know, we were pretty good at this random stat, but we lost. Like 
it was good to see a coach actually talk about what he's trying to achieve at his football club. And he, and he started the press conference talking about the efforts and, and how they pretty much have to go back to square one and how disappointing it was in them. But the Talmudo stuff is particularly interesting because obviously he's going over the guy we all wildly accept as the best forward in the game. But, but I, li- I like seeing it. Mate. It's, it's something different. And it's you look at where he's coming from. As you said, he's thinking about the long term. He wants to be there long term. And what's the benefit for Todd Payton in this game, for example? What does he get from playing Tamalo for 75 minutes? Tamalo gets another 100 meters and the Cowboys still still lose. It was his lowest ever meters in a game, was it not? No, it wasn't. He ended up getting uh, adjusted full ga- after the game, but uh, at, he ended up he ended up on, with the uh, seventy three mun meters, I think. But it's his he's had seventeen career totals less than that. It's his least meters since round fifteen last year. But round fifteen last year he got injured. Before that, his his prior least was in uh, two thousand and sixteen in round eighteen against the. Raiders, where they held him to 54 meters off 11 runs in 59 minutes. So a pretty decent stint. So his least meters in a, in a, in a while, that's for damn sure. But as um, as Todd said, said in the press conference, that was more of a possession thing than, than much else. Like, if, you know, you could get an extra 50 meters. What does it matter? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Nothing and, matters. And I understand people are saying that there's a lot of other worse players in that team. And obviously there is. But Todd went after them too. But he's obviously had, had taken a, a, a approach here, though. He's going to go after, you know, the fish rocks from the head kind of thing. He's going after the big dog, putting yep. pressure on him. And he wasn't lying. I mean, Tal Malolo was just fresh on the field for that play he focused on, the not pushing up from marker on Cleary and letting him kick. And then he, and he went to say that we focused on that in training this week. They scored the most tries from kicks. We need to put pressure on him from marker. Jason didn't do that. And it's like... Well, yeah, good. Go after the big dog. Yeah, and he and he then went on to say that if 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 the young players think that Jason doing that is acceptable, they're going to think that's acceptable for them to do. Yeah, and that's why he's going to be so hard on him. Which you know I'm perfectly fine with. I thought it was an interesting press conference. Obviously, that team's got a long way to go. Yeah, um, I mean, but you go after him though, right? Because you're trying to like, yeah, of, of course. course the bar set high for Jason Tamalolo. Of course it is. Todd Payton's just arrived in the prison yard and he's punched the yeah. biggest bloke. That's it. And the other guys there, you could definitely hear, by the way, he speaks about how the other players move in the middle as well. He'd probably, if, if he gave the opportunity, he'd probably cut half those forwards tomorrow. It sounds yeah. like like Jordan McLean just looks finished up there. Josh Maguire definitely is finished. Like that second, that Dylan Edwards tried to walk past those two. Not great. And yeah, I mean, Cohen has, ugh. Mm. Like, um, interesting bit of news. I don't know how much we can really talk about this because I don't know how much you know about it, but uh, ESPN will air the NRL in Africa this year. Um, will air on uh, ESPN and ESPN two uh, from later this month. Yeah, can I just say one final thing on Tamalolo? I'm oh, sorry sure. to cut you back, but like, there's last year when the Broncos played Payton like seventy plus minutes and they were losing. I hated it. He got a lot of Dalian points though. I hated it. It's like yeah, but let's you got to think about that guy's <laughs> career. Just and it's good. Todd yeah. Payton at least has that goal. That's, That's a very it. good comp. Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, but what do you think the people of Johannesburg think about Payton Mate, well, I, I didn't know they were, they were doing that till you showed me, but getting on the broadcast is great. I don't know how many people have ESPN in, in Africa, but I did see last week there's Brazilian fans now too at, at you know, getting around rugby league. That's not bad, but I'm not sure how much ESPN Africa would do. I'd, you'd probably prefer for mine, watch NRL to be free internationally. Yeah. 
Wasn't that but the whole thing in Brazil? Isn't it like some absurd price? Wasn't that yeah. the whole issue? Watch NRL used to be much cheaper a few years ago, but now it does cost a bit. And I saw someone say that it's about a month's wages or something. Fuck. For someone in Brazil. Okay. That it's just the same price for everybody. Whereas, uh, you know, if, say if you buy the NBA league pass, Mate. you b- buy it in Mexico. <laughs> like like me, my my good Mexican friends, we buy It's like 80 pesos or whatever. Oh, bro. Jose Bungard <laughs> used to set his VPN to Argentina and just buy, <laughs> buy NBA league pass that way. And it was very affordable. Yeah. Um, the NRL has granted Joseph Suwali an exemption that he can now play in the NRL as early as this week. That's not to say the Roosters will name him this week, but they can if they want to. And they're playing the West Tigers. So, I mean, if they want to, if they want to really cement him as the new Latrell, they'll name him the yeah, Tigers and he'll score six tries. Yeah, this was coming. We knew this was coming. We all did, but it's just funny. It only took one round. <laughs> it is. It's. What I haven't heard a single good reason for this. I've asked every every expert I've had access to this summer that's spoken about it. I've asked them about it. None of them understand why I can't just wait till August. Even the likes of Phil Gill doesn't is like why can't it just wait till August? Um, Knights fans will point out that they had to wait for Bradman Best to turn eighteen before he was allowed to play. I don't see why Joseph is any more or less ready than Bradman Best was. Bradman Best came into first grade and looked fine as soon as he played. So I don't know really what the argument is here apart from the fact that this kid's. Probably the most hyped youngster since Sonny Bill Williams. That's that's pretty much it. <laughs> I think that's it. If it was an all round rule change, maybe you go, okay, fair enough. We've decided to go old enough is good enough again, but we haven't. Just Joseph Swaley is good enough. It's yeah, just strange. And I'm not trying to death right him or anything too. It's not his fault. It's his entrance. No, granted, of course not. But, I'm excited yeah. to see him play, but oh, you know, I can watch him play for the Bears. Side note: Did you see that guy get his arm pulled out of his socket? I did not. Oh, it's bad. Well, well, man, I tell you, reserve grade this weekend. I'm looking forward to Queensland Cup. But you know, it's, you know, it's bad when the ball carrier gets sent off. Yeah, but it definitely. I just, oh God, I sound. I definitely sound like the old man at the pub. And like, mate, reserve grade felt more like rugby league, like the way I was watching it than first grade did, because it's just not as fast, not as many infringements. You know, it's the players aren't fit enough to to just crank it up like that. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. As you guys know, we've started a tipping comp for our Patreons uh, called the Coltrane Cup. Um, I think we had over 100. We ended up with 102 entrants, Mitch, including the two of us. Uh, I think 78 people got their round one tip right. Uh, I think the most popular tip was the Roosters, who both you and I picked. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, I think it was it was pretty funny. Not not uh, the, the biggest, uh, I guess, clash of the round was, I think, 10 people took the Dragons and nine took the Sharks. So that game was a bit intriguing. One hero took the Cowboys, respect to him. Couple of guys took the Broncos. Two, two, two people with Souths, which is great. But overall, pretty, pretty easy first round for the majority of our punters. And of course, every week you and I will lock in our tips on the show. And I am taking the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. So last week I did cheat on that. I was about to say I need to make sure. Like I did. I messaged you. There is this timestamp, but I realized that because oh, in the previous past years of Coltrane Cup or the Shinazi Shield, it used to be called. I used to make my tip like right before the games kicked off. No, I can't. And I realized I can't do that, and I can't keep changing it because people hear it on the show. So yeah, I'm gonna lock it. I'm also doing Penrith against the Bulldogs on away at the Bulldogs, but I feel like I have to lock it in there. And if I'm ever going to change it or you're going to change it, we'd have to announce it on the discord. I feel like, like say, yep, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good reason too. I feel like, like man, you can change him if say someone gets injured or something. Like, yeah, I can't keep doing what I did. I realized after I did it and like, wait, this is like a public comp now. I can't <laughs> keep doing that. Um, and if, and if you, obviously it's a bit late to join the tipping comp now. 
Um, but of course, we still got plenty of other things on the Patreon. The Discord that Mitch just mentioned has been popping up every day. There's a lot of very valuable information. We've got got a lot of very smart footy people in there talking about the games, about Supercoach, about other things. Um, not to mention as well, we've got a brand new segment called Rookie Takes, where we will, uh, where people will send us in some of the. Uh, let's just say less intelligent uh, thoughts of the week. And then uh, each week our, our beloved patrons can vote on <laughs> uh, which one they think is the most rookie of takes. And at the end of the year, we'll do a bracket and we'll work out which one is the true winner of the rookie take of the year. So uh, a few people are banned for obvious reasons, like notably people that make a career out of just saying stupid things to get attention. Lucky um, we betting him. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's banned. But yeah, shout out for him for, for after someone said, what about Adam Fanua Blake? He said, yeah, he played well for Manly. Yeah. Um, and then still didn't get it after someone corrected him. Anyway, we've got our five finalists for this week. Uh, first one comes from, uh, was submitted by M. Sprouster, who for some inexplicable reason was browsing the comment section on The Raw. Oh, God. Um, comes from Retro Rabbit, uh, talking about uh, Little Pappy's try in the right corner that was awarded instantly and didn't warrant even one reverse angle replay. Unlike pretty much every other try this round, nothing to see here, lol. Um, yep, so clearly doesn't realize that literally every try is checked now. Um, I don't know. All right. <laughs> no, that one wasn't. <laughs> they yeah. didn't reverse angle it. All right, this one comes from Joe Camilleri on Facebook. This was after a um, uh, on one of the articles about Cameron Smith's retirement last week. It says, Mick Cronin, 9.12, 9.12 points per game. Smith, 6.48 points per game. Norm Proven, 10 consecutive grand finals. Frank Burge, a forward, almost one try per game. Smith, 0.011 per game. I'm pretty sure that's that's not right. Far from the best player to ever <laughs> lace up a boot. I don't hate Smith, but put things in perspective. Uh, that's not right, is it? it it's obvi- It surely should be 0.1 and not 0.01. Zero Unless he only scored four tries in his whole career. Yeah, he did. He scored 48, so close. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. So he's forgot to carry the one there, but, but overall... Uh, the overall take that Cam Smith's not the best because other people scored more tries than him. Good, good one. Yeah, it's just uh, not just that. It was like one. He went from a weird points per game me- metric, and they decided to just mix <laughs> them all up. And then there, there's your answer. I just this assume is- it's an Eels fan. I don't know, but yeah, apparently try scoring makes you the goat. Yeah. So, mate, so Alex Nathan Johnson Merritt and is, Alex and Johnson Nathan are Matt going to be very... the two. Yeah, fantastic. I'm, <laughs> I, I take it all back. <laughs> uh, this one's from uh, Dylan Walker. Think it's just mentally staying in it you can't perform well for 20 minutes after 20 minutes it was for all you've got to take confidence from that and then you have mental <laughs> lapses that let in soft tries which is really disappointing it's hard to take especially being round one uh it was 10-4 after like 10 minutes <laughs> um it was for all we we went in we went into quarter time at yeah. for all and that's where the game I mean, counts and then from I, then I, on i wanted whatever. to include a player one this week that's probably not going to win it's not that bad. Uh, uh, i think it's, i think it's bad too there's a guy don't don't look we were in right. it for, for 10 minutes. We've don't, got we'll uh, the, the New rest. South Wales Blues brothers on Twitter. Cooper oh, no. Cronk is Melbourne's best ever player. Smith has been an above average player in an exceptional team his entire career. Yep. Okay. Yeah, famously when that exceptional team played a grand final without him, it went really well. It did. Mm. All right. And last one. I think this is probably going to be the winner this week. Shout out to our friend uh, Shanta, uh, who's the only person reading the Western Weekender who doesn't have a Make America Great Again hat. Uh, this comes from some like anonymous column that's written in it every week. Uh, subheadline NRL picks its causes. And it says, I'm all for the NRL pushing inclusivity and embracing all corners of society, which is why it was so great to see the code involved in Mardi Gras last weekend, including through their social media channels. It didn't go unnoticed, however, that while the NRL was happy to throw out a happy Mardi Gras, it couldn't find time for a happy Australia Day post. 
back on January 26th. Oh my god. <laughs> right, that one could um now you don't want to again, we sang it just round one. We don't want to make too many <laughs> just round one. But they're the language. warriors of round one. That was it. That's an impressive performance. Yeah, Jesus, you put that in your top eight. You're already penciling like Jesus. Yeah. That's All right, changed. so we will post those five up later. Um, and if you want to vote on that, you need to be a Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash anaerobin rookies. Um, like 10 new patrons again this week. We are absolutely killing it at the moment. You guys are amazing. We can't thank you any more than then any more than I do every week on this pod for your support. It's just brilliant. You guys have really made this community into something fantastic and it's, it's only going to keep growing. And we're really honored that you guys have chosen to be a part of that with us. And a special thank you to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon a list. that's getting so long. I can, I'm struggling to get it all out, but Dave, Carlo Tyson, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Adam White, Ando, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jake Harper, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Maddie McPee, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, Never Trendy, Old Mama Bear, Razor, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Ty, uh, the not that I need to open this one. Uh, the not so mature age student. Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Did them in alphabetical that week. Keep you all on yeah. your toes. So um, thank I, you, guys. I, I do enjoy the anonymous backer chase still. Uh, I did enjoy one the other day. Uh, M just named again. She's like, I've got this. And named some other random person on No, Discord. she's getting close because she 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 found something in the, in the in the Coltrane Cup spreadsheet that gave her a clue. There you go. But She was right. It's like she, the anonymous backer is in Discord himself under anonymous, but yep. she thought it was somebody else's name. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a clue. There's a, there's a clue in the spreadsheet. There you go. <laughs> Thanks again, Rusty, for your support. Um, oh, yeah. So obviously, before we get out of here, the 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 I guess the meat and potatoes of the show, the questions, Mitchell. Let's do it. Are you serious? <laughs> We're gonna have any questions. Okay, over on the Patreon, as you know, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Uh, get it, you know, if you want to get behind the uh, the show, support the boys, get in the Coltrane Cup. All the things we've already said. They can't get in the Coltrane Cup. Uh, they can, they just can't win it pretty much. They can still win it. Yeah, if you want to join this week and start from round two, you can. But you, I mean, you're up against it, aren't you? I mean, you're not... Well, you're Actually, you're ahead, of the per- you're ahead of the people that lost. So You can, you can yeah. learn from the lunatics who decided to pick, like, the, come on, what was it? Um, Cowboys. I mean, it's Cowboys and like, look, we like South, ballsy, but come on. It's it's not the biggest balls picks of the week. Oh, we had some Bulldog tippers as well. That I didn't hate. I thought I the Bulldogs know. might win. Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. The Knights were really good. There's another team that we, uh, you know. Knights we, were good. We, we Sorry, guys. About, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Westlife Pod on Patreon says, would you say it's too early for us Tigers fans to crack each other's heads open and feast on the goo inside? Um, not yet. I will say it's funny though. We also got the exact same question from one eye tiger on Twitter. So that's incredible that they're all just so beautifully in a one track mind of defeatism already. It's great. Yeah. Well, look- you guys, I thought they were all right. And I think they got it like the Raiders of the Kings are fluke bullshit tries. And their first half try was a complete fluke bullshit try. And then mm. after that, the wheels fell off in the second half. I mean, it is what it is. Happy for Ryan James though, by the way, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if they were that poor, the Tigers, but they did shoot themselves in the foot a bit. And yeah, it, it is round one. As you said, the Tigers are the kings of that. But I mean, I thought Luch, Luch looked like the best back row in the competition, as predicted. 
in that game. I thought he was fantastic. So there's some good signs. Joey, however, seems to have given most of his talents up to his brother. <laughs> and um, he's Sadly. now refs halting on Twitter. So yes. Tough look. Yeah. Uh, James K says, what are you going to do before you hit record, hit record, sorry, introduce fatigue into the show and make it even better for us listeners? I can start running 10 kilometers before we record. Will that help the product? No doubt. Mm. There's no doubt help the product. Uh, the more fatigued we are, well, I don't know. We have had some days when we record like five in a row. Maybe we should go look, listen back to the end ones. And all we think, all we do is we, get just crazier. That's what we could do. we just spend an hour on like NRL sledging outlaws, one of those bullshit Facebook groups, just reading oh my God. garbage? That'll give us mental fatigue. Read the tel- Telegraph, come on here and just rip in. Yeah, that works. <laughs> that works. Uh, Christopher says, where will Brett Morris finish on the all-time try scorers list? And how much better is he than that fraud that is Alex Johnston? Well, I don't know why Alex Johnston's a fraud. Um, no. But... Like, yeah, I think uh, I think he's probably going to finish. Uh, I think I think he's probably going to finish third, but I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he finishes second. I think the line's right there. I think he's obviously, if people don't know, Brett Morris passed. Well, he was equal with ET before the weekend. He got a hat trick. So he's now three clear of ET. He's now outright fourth with 168 tries. Beaver Menzies is third with 180. Billy's second with 190. I don't think he's going to play three more seasons, which is probably what he would need to catch Ken Irvine. Um, who's on 212. Mm. But um, yeah, I think if he plays next year, that Billy Billy's only 22 in front of him. So I think probably finish second all the time. Yeah, that's if, if he plays next year. But who knows? Maybe he will to chase the record. You just got to worry about, mate, that poor guy, those years at Canterbury scoring like yeah. six, nine and whatever tries. First year at the Roosters, he only scored seven. I mean, it's just all from that. It, it is, as you said, longevity is pretty much it. Like you think about yeah. it, your mate Alex Johnston. He's going to get. Quite... He he's going to catch Ken Irvine if he plays seven more years, and he's twenty six. Yeah, he's what is he? He's got a hundred. He's got hundred. He needs hundred and four more to catch Ken Irvine. He's yeah. twenty six years old. He's he's already halfway there, and he's only twenty six. And he yeah. plays on the most prolific edge in the competition. He went. He's going to score twenty to Latrell's left. Yeah, <laughs> it, not a bad, not a bad, um, not a bad bridge there, but. Yeah, you think about that one year where AJ played heaps of fullback and I think only scored like five or six tries. If it weren't for that, he'd probably be on about 120 already and you'd be thinking that, yeah, he's probably going to end up the greatest try scorer in the game's history. And do you reckon maybe that, I wonder if that has started, started to play into his decision to stop chasing like a fullback spot somewhere else and sort of re-sign with South Dakota. I, th- I wonder if he's sort of noticed that, hey, if I do this for another six years, I'm probably going to retire as the greatest try scorer in the history of rugby league. Yeah, um... I also think the lack of interest in him playing fullback elsewhere didn't help. That'd be nasty. Dylan God Walker damn. played fullback this week. God damn. Oh, I just realized I forgot to ask you during rookie takes. Where was your South podcast with your oh, week, good one. no weaknesses? Prick. Yeah, Josh Mansour wasn't great, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but no, I think I think Brett Morris probably ends up second. And then I think he ends up third about three years after that when Alex Johnston passes. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. No one else like what? Josh can't catch him. Nah, you wouldn't think. Croker, yeah. Croker's in there with 132, and he's only 30 himself. Blake Ferguson's on 117, but he's 30 as well. I don't know how many years he's got left. Um, and then Michael Jennings is on 154, but I think his career's over. Yeah, Croker's um, not far behind uh, in terms of points. He's what, like 600 behind Ken Smith? Yeah, that but, is in, that's an interesting one. Yeah, he should That he might there. do. Uh, and Daniel Tupo's just behind Alex Johnson, but he's three years older than Alex Johnson. So yeah. I can't see him catching overall. Okay. Next question. Ben Wallace says, given the game hits a lull around the 55th to 60th minute 
to speed the game up, should PVL induce, induce a rule where the trainer brings a double espresso, a Red Bull, and a handful of sour worms to each player? Can you well, see a downside? That's pretty much my breakfast every every day. So, and, and that gets you going. Like the next, yeah. like, okay. I mean, sour worms <laughs> aside, that's pretty much the first two things I have is a, a Red Bull when I wake up, and then a coffee after I go to the gym. So close. Um, yeah, and sour worms are vegan. So um, yeah. I mean, I'm on board and I, I could get behind the Bungard diet being a staple of the NRL. I could get behind that. Uh, Michael Gregson said, if you could bring back a little man from a bygone era to score a PCC try through a knackered middle, which little man would you bring back? He's undecided between Preston Campbell or Jared Samet. Nathan Blacklock. Yeah. What about Roy Bell, mate? It's his time off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Roy Bell. Jesus, yeah. what a king! Uh, Roy Bell's got to be. That's who I want to see. Does Chrissy count? Yeah, why not? All right, good. That's my <laughs> default answer. That feels like cheating. Okay, uh, Ben Wallace said we all laughed at Gus when he said Ivan Cleary looked tired. Turns out he probably did, did need a break. Do you think Des might be in a position where he needs to get away from coaching to recharge the batteries, or do you think the game may have moved past him? It's a tough one to answer, isn't it? I mean, you, you'd know better than I would. Uh, I was we we were on the team Des back into Manly two years ago last year gone off it but I like I don't know like wh- where's he going to go after this There's, I don't know if anybody would take him mate if he if he ends up getting punted this year or, or mid season or some I don't know who would take him like if you look at some of the decisions he's made too he spoke about the going to the season with no hooker was bizarre but then this week. Just after they played without it with Lock and Croker there, they've gone and saw on Carl Lawton, who did his ACL back end of last year. So he could be back mid-year. Yeah. Maybe. Strange one. Meanwhile, Cade Cast, who did play hooker in New South Wales Cup, and I understand it's reserve grade, yes. But he what scored three tries and set three up. And it's like, well, you didn't pick that guy. We've all we've been we've been on we've been on we've been on the Cade Cast wagon for a while. So yeah, hopefully so- he's he's back. First yeah, and he played the full 80 at hooker there as well, Custard. So he had a yeah, because originally, originally I thought it was because he hurt his hand in the trials. I thought he wasn't playing at all when I saw yeah. the team list last Tuesday. And then then I found out on Wednesday he got named in New South Wales Cup. And I was like, ah, I just don't understand. Yeah. So he might come in and then lose his job to Carl Lawton in, in 10 weeks. Who knows? Wonderful. Strange. Uh, so Good I don't player, know. I actually, I hope he doesn't get named this week. We're playing them. Yeah. I don't know if the break would help Des. I don't think he'd get the opportunity for a break, mate. If he, this was it. I think this would be it for him. Mm. Harvey G says, how soon is too soon to declare Daniel Saifidi the new number one prop in the NRL? Well, he's no Jairo, but <laughs> other than that, yeah, well, he was pretty good. He was. I, I, um, I was surprised last year when Saifidi found another level or two and turned into the rep plot property he, he should have been. But this year, I know it's one game. He looked fantastic in that game, looked, looked fresh as a daisy the whole way. And I loved that play when they ran in pairs, him and Jacob and Braley hit Daniel out the back for that try. It was fantastic. But I think you're ignoring that Adam Fidel Blake was still probably the best prop prop on this weekend uh, when you say that. So there's competition there still, mate. But he's certainly staking a claim for one of the best four or five. It's a, st- it's a stacked position at the moment, isn't it? Quite, it is. Really. It is. And Harvey's next question. If Blake Braley needs to come off the field for a little nana nap after 60 minutes due to being totally gassed after her killing effort of making 25 tackles and running for 17 metres... Can it really be said he's the better of the two brothers? I think you just answered your own question. Mm. Mm. I was impressed with Jaden in this game. I thought it was one of his better games. And it's good to see him come back off an injury, a serious injury and play like that. 
So we'll see how he keeps going. But he certainly looked a bit more creative and, and crisper service than, I, than I'd expected from Jaden in the past. Still not the world's best um, dummy half ball runner. But I mean, it seems this game's turned into more hit-ups and it has been darting around dummy half anyway. So maybe he'll, he'll be suited to the new changes. Uh, Ando says, which player were you most surprised by over the weekend, be it negative or positive? Good question. We should have had that one in advance. Um have you got anyone while I think a little I bit? I do. David yeah. Mead for Brisbane. I thought he was exceptional. I thought he was Brisbane's best player on the field. And I thought he was going to be as poor as he was last time he played for us. He was pretty poor in preseason. Well, I thought he was exceptional. And uh, I'm also, I was quite surprised by, I know everyone knows my boy Joey's cooked, but uh, I was surprised by how poor he played after all the talk all preseason. Poor Joey. Um, yeah. I've, I'm just trying to think. I hate being put on the spot like this sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've embarrassed myself. Yeah, I thought Ryan Pappenhausen was great against us, but I mean that's not really a shock. Um, oh, actually no, Isaiah Papali. Yeah, sorry, he basically turned the game for Parramatta on Friday night. I mean, that was it uh, in our preview we did with Mitch from the Cumberland Throne. I think we mentioned it with Jason in NRL as well. It was going to be the obviously good signing of the year that everyone's going to go. Oh, of course that was a good signing. I mean, how talented he was, but he, in his debut game, he came off the bench, played in the middle. And he was awesome. He played 57 minutes straight, absolutely smashed Brisbane up the guts. As you said, pretty much turned the game and, and swung a lot of the momentum around. But he had 18 runs of 200 meters. Apparently only broke three tackles, but it felt like he was busting contact every time he carried the ball and an offload. But he was just really good at whole, that, in that whole stint. Uh, next question. Oh, Sebastian so, Chris as well, I thought oh, was really good. That's actually a good shout. I, uh, I thought he, he was one of the breakouts of the weekend as well. Good shout. Uh, Razor says, does the Kevolution involve changing <laughs> the half that Brisbane actually compare, compete into the second so perhaps they can chase down a score? <laughs> I mean, I know I was t- taking the piss a bit after that game, but I actually was pretty impressed with how that team played. And the result, when Xavier Coates got injured, I kind of thought they were in trouble of holding on to that game. But I didn't realize until halftime I found out Matt Lodge is also done. And yeah, I thought they'd get run down and they did, but they did not roll over like the uh, Broncos of the past. They didn't roll over when they went 18 to 16 down. And there was moments in that game, you know, if that Croft doesn't bottle that try, they probably win. If that Turpin call goes the other way, they probably win. If that second try for Parramatta goes the other way, they probably win. If Herbie keeps intercept, they probably win. I mean, you play that game again, 99 times out of 100, they probably win that game. They didn't win this one and it's all right. They played quite well. Still can't yep. stand Pat Carrigan, though. What are you doing lying on the ruck in that first try? Get penalized. Do something. Don't just lie. Sorry, lying on the ground and watch Reed Marnie get up and score. Get penalized, Chief. <laughs> Too honest. Yeah, well, uh, Rowan Edwards, who are the sneaky oldest and sneaky youngest players in the NRL? There was someone the other day where I was like, holy shit, he's only 29. But no, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, people think Matt Moylan surprised Matt Moylan's age, but he is an old man. Oh, that doesn't surprise us because we've been memeing it into the ground for we five have years. Been. Yeah, we so. have been. Yeah, I haven't got a really good answer for that. I actually, hadn't answered. We had answers the other day. We went through the. We were penis. talking about this. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. But um, uh, not off the top of my head. Like I, I don't. Um, we suck. Actually, Josh Dugan only being thirty is mildly surprising. I thought he was older than that. Well, he's been busted for like six years. Still playing. He's also been playing since two thousand and nine. Yeah. Uh, Joseph says, based solely off the round one performances, who gets a spoon this year and why is it the Dragons? Off round one performances only, it's the Cowboys. But I mean, no, no, Sea Eagles. 
They uh, Manly scored a try. Oh, there you go. So mm-hmm. if it's based off solely round one performances, then uh, the Cowboys will not score a point. Do you so when think... the Cowboys play Manly, Manly will win 4-0. Do you think with Manly, so last year when Tommy was out a bit, they talked quite publicly about like their, how much they relied on Tommy as, as a team, the players, yeah. did, like, how much they missed him. Do you think that's in their heads and a bit of a cop-out? Because I do. Well, I was told by your yeah. man, your favorite player, Daly Cherubins himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> last week that they were ready, that they were prepared for life without Tommy Turbo. Yeah, bullshit. I can't believe he lied to my face. Um, but uh, here we are. It's, they, they they were in it as Dylan Walker said for about 15 20 minutes so they'll put they'll putting in and they they packed it in I know the Roosters are really quick. good but there's no excuse to be that bad no no uh Walker was shocking at fullback let's not do that again <laughs> let's do Morgan Harper Just put him at center fuck like yeah. how hard is it why is Des wasted so much time playing Walker at positions he doesn't play like I don't know he's and I know he hasn't really set the world on fire at center he was great at South in 2014 I think that one good year at Manly, but it's still his best position. I'll tell you what, mile. when he was bald, I was like, now nah, he's sneaky old. That's one of ones from earlier. Like, yeah. oh, he got bald. He's tw- only 26 still, too. But yeah, he was really young when we won the comp. Oh, well. Yeah. But uh, he's been past his best for a while, too. One of those guys' best year was like first or second year in the competition. Uh, next question comes from Harvey G again. Should the Cowboys, Seagulls, and Dragons be forced to merge and amalgamate all of the worst contracts in the NRL onto one roster? Oh. Okay, I like it. Yeah, that was one of the refreshing things this weekend, by the way, Bungard, seeing guys like Jack Bird and Joel Fangar and Andrew McCulloch on other teams. And I'm sure that was nice votes. for you. You were in on Joe last week after he went off on Seabolt. No, I enjoyed the comments. Yeah. I thought he on Joe though. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Uh, Hunter Austin says, which team in the NRL is the biggest confidence team? Oh, that's a good question. It's, oh, there's a couple. Mm. I, I think Newcastle's right up there. Yeah, I think Parramatta is probably the right answer. I think the Warriors are up there as well, and I'm. I think the Tigers are too. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Parramatta. I think the Canberra Raiders are one of those as well. But, uh, but I do think Parramatta is a very good shout. Uh, Cam Beswick, which NRL pods or shows do you guys consume? Do you consume any Bungard? Uh, I just consumed that loop of twenty minutes of Cooper Cronk last week every day now. I'll just wake up and watch it. Uh, yeah, I don't listen to any other of the podcasts or watch pretty much any any of the shows. I listen to a bit of radio. Um, other than that, I just keep an eye on stuff like for work if I have to. But, you know, we already spend our time watching footy all weekend, podcasting, mm-hmm. chatting with you guys in the Discord, which I love, all of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But last thing I want to do on a Monday night is watch, you know, NRL 360. Yeah. And other NRL podcasts, it's, a, it's I just don't have time. Well, it's a bit of column A and column B for mine. So I consume enough rugby league through work, this podcast on the weekends as is. But it's all there's there's that. There's also that I don't love a lot of them. But the third one too is that I don't want to do anything they're doing. On yeah. if it happens, obviously you guys will do the same things by accident. It just happens. But I don't. But want you to don't go, want that osmosis of like yes, yeah. Um, I agree with that as well. I don't want to. I don't want to squat on someone else's take accidentally, which can happen. You can listen to something, forget that you, someone else has said it, and then pass it off as your own take. Like that does happen. People do it all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my my thing is time. Like I've got, I look at my podcast every week. I end up deleting like episodes of like Guardian Football Weekly or 
they're, they're pr- pretty much apart from part of my take, I skip episodes of every other ep- podcast I listen to because I just run out of time every week. Apart from the ones that aren't weekly, obviously, like I've just got a huge backlog of um office ladies, which is Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey doing every episode of The Office. Like they do recaps yeah. of all of them. I'm like 15 episodes behind. They're so good, but I just keep them on the back burner for when I don't have any like time sensitive ones. You know what I mean? Because most of my other ones are sports related. So, but yeah, I, I just don't have the time for to listen to any other NRL ones, I'm afraid. Uh, Stu asks, do you agree with Todd Payton's assessments of Tal Malolo's performance in round? I guess he means round one. Yeah. So was Payton right to publicly put Tal Malolo on blast in his very first post-match press as Cowboys head coach? Yeah. Or should he be more circumspect when the cameras are rolling and deal with it privately? For what it's worth, (laughs) I think Payton was spot on his assessment, but I'm curious about how the decision to be so public about it will be met by the playing group. It's a very good question. It's unfortunate that we already talked about this for 10 minutes, um, but we can add it. to that with the personal, like the way it's going to receive. I think that Jason Tamalo will like that he's being challenged. I don't think that any player, I don't, I've never really seen anything from him that suggests he's a sort of diva or an egomaniac or anything like that. I think he will take criticism on board and I think we'll probably see a better player as a result, but I don't know him. I don't know the mood up there, but that would be my guess. That's what you'd hope happens, right? Yeah. I mean, uh- a lot of people have said he probably don't need to challenge Tamalolo, which is maybe true. But as Todd said, they're sunk into him for another seven years or so. They want him to be even better than what he has been. They can challenge him. But I don't know how the playing group will react to that public kind of pressure. But there's that's a playing group there that it's not the same group that it was five or six years ago. People seem to keep thinking they need to do a post-grand final clean out. There's only four guys in that team that were there in that grand final left. That is a playing group that always just seems comfortable. I don't know why. That place does need a bit of a bit of a shake up and a bit of pressure. And yeah, Tamalolo probably isn't the one that deserves it the most, but we've been through this, put put his name on it, one of the bigger players' name. We've still got to sit in that press conference and go, mate, have you seen, you know, Jake Granville? What's he doing for me? 24 minutes, garbage. He's not going to do that. And he's not going to call out all of them individually. Tamalolo is coming up because he's getting asked about him. People said, why didn't you criticize Morgan or Holmes or whatever? Well, he didn't get asked about those guys. Yeah, good point. Like, but, uh, It's definitely interesting, and you'd hope it puts a rocket up that group, but there's also some guys there. You know, you're looking at guys like Josh Maguire and maybe Jordan McLean and Cohen Hess. I mean, Cohen Hess, I don't know what, what he needs to get to do anything in first grade anymore, but I don't think Josh Maguire, a rocket's going to make him change who he is, but... I guess he's got to start setting a setting a baseline for what he expects from this football club and building from there. And it might not be expecting a lot of the same players to be there next year. Yeah, totally uh, fair. Yeah. Next question comes from Jai Arrow is 11th best middle. He says, what the fuck is going on with Joey Mitch? Guys had more poorly worded, bizarre tweets from an account that are somehow not a burner than good gains for the Tigers. Thought getting into shape would help, but it looks like he's completely checked out. Yeah, I don't know, mate. <laughs> I don't know what I can add more than what you've said there. I think the first 10 to 15 minutes of that game, when they were going left, they had possession. They, I was like, oh, Joey looks on here. Him and Luch are linking a bit. Asu dropped, him, dropped him a couple of balls. Not a, doesn't look like a great winger, but yeah, I don't know what's going on, mate, but it looks like that time is coming. The bell is, is tolling. I don't know if Madge put up with many more performances like that. He already dropped him last year when he, when he wasn't playing well and he wasn't you know, we'll say checked in, as you said, but there won't be long left if he keeps playing so selfishly in the NRL without any of the upside he used to have. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's your boy for life, but it's worrying. 
I mean, that's just something people will like to to take the piss out of him or rub it into me or similar or act like he's always been shit. So he doesn't take away all the years of good football <laughs> for me. Like he doesn't play for my club. I don't have to, if he plays shit, it doesn't actually hurt me. So I'll still ride or die with that boy. Anyway, we'll go over to Discord now for some questions in between all these people who keep writing responses. Two questions on Discord. You're killing me. Anyway, first question. And this might be a good one for you to talk about your good mate. Anyway, Bungard, he said, <laughs> this is from uh, Angry. He says, he says with th- former third host of the pod, Matty Warburg signing yeah. with WWE. Has another third host, Dal <laughs> Roots, also set the way to sign with and wrestle with WWE. Yep, the cat's out of the bag there. They're actually going to be a tag team. Um, no, yeah, huge news for my boy. I mean, uh, he got he actually got signed a year ago, and he was supposed to leave like just before COVID happened. So I've kept, I've had to keep that secret for like thirteen months, pretty much, because yeah, he just get, he just kept getting pushed back and pushed back because of that. But yeah, he's finally gone. He landed in Orlando today, so he's going to be at the NXT training center as of Monday, and just yeah, I mean. If anyone has watched any Australian wrestling in the last couple of years, you'll know how good he was. You'll you'll see his matches, and yeah, sky's the limit from now. I can't wait to be able to brag and tell people that I beat the WWE champ at beer pong most of the time when I played him. Yeah, and uh, he has been on this podcast. If you don't remember where where uh, angry he is referring to, he's referring to the Roosters' greatest game, the Tigers podcast from last. Good episode. Year. If you if you are a Roosters fan and you're a new listener, you should go back and listen to that. Actually, if you're a fan of any club that's not the Tigers, you should go back and listen to that. Uh, Wayne says, question from his son. What are some of your favorite funny moments at a rugby league game? For him, nothing tops Michael Witt's brilliant try against Melbourne in 2008. Sick brag that you've had sex, but all right. Um, <laughs> it's got, a, I mean, a re- recency bias aside, Corey Allen chucking the ball to AJ like it was under eights last year was pretty damn hilarious. Um, if you want to go back a little bit into yesteryear, um, Mate, the hot dog thermos always sells. Does that count? I thought it was on field. No, it still counts to me. Damn. Um, on <laughs> Braith and Asta screaming, "You're off your head!" at the ref after being punched in the face. Very funny. <laughs> oh. um, fucking <laughs> 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 hell! Um, uh, the really fat streaker at Origin because I was yeah. there. It was great. Um, Gordy ragdolling Brett Hodgson over the sideline always gets a chuckle. Um, GI palming Jamie Soud into the shadow realm. Also hilarious. Um, Michael Witt again, I think, was it Michael Witt that did a dropout that went behind the dead ball line? I think so. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Whoever did that, that was very funny. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's a few. You got some? Yeah. I mean, one of the comments here is Lattimore dick punch on Ken Smith. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Uh, I, and you mentioned the one, Braith Nasser was going to be the one I said, the Russell Packer pissing on the field. Yeah. <laughs> like just an idiot, but that was quite funny. Uh, what are the good ones? Pretty much anytime someone plays the ball backwards, Justin Orlin was pretty funny the other week, but pretty much anytime that happens, it's just, it's good fun. I don't know why. It just oh, is. Um, Nathan Brown throwing the ball into Lance Thompson's head off that hit up because Lance Thompson yeah. slips over and he just passes the ball anyway. It's great. Tony Della Heteris getting trampled by Tony Carroll. funny, dude. <laughs> he really, that was bad. I didn't laugh at that. I was watching that live because it was South Brisbane. I was like, oh, I was like, holy shit. Like, is he all right? Yeah, but he's all right. And now it is funny now. Anytime you watch it back, it is funny. Tony Carroll kills him and whatever. Um, don't like Gus Gould, but the time Gus Gould had to referee the uh, the touch Charity Shields. I was also Charity there Shield. for that, right in front of him as well. Yeah. Weird how many of these I was there for. Oh, Nathan Brown slapping Trent Barrett as well. And Tony Della Harris also got um, 
No, I'm not talking about the one where he um, got hit by Carol's knee, by the way. Oh, we, what are you got, talking about? We got run over for a try or a missing Oh, hit sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. I thought you were talking yeah, about... Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, that's not a good one. <laughs> Maybe I've mixed up in moments with him and Tony Carroll then, but I know he got run over for a try as well. I'm talking about the one when Inglis like, runs into him and then Carroll like, KOs him. Not that one. Yeah. That's not funny. That's just... <laughs> yeah, because like, that's not funny, dude. That's that was funny. bad, yeah, he almost killed him. Was real that bad. Was, like, great. Yeah, but those are pretty good. Um, also, when... When uh, we had Justin Hodges offering to buy the referee a beard, overturned a decision. That was funny. <laughs> oh, Jamie Soud saying, "Is it chicken time?" to the ref when he when he sent a pretty obvious try upstairs. Oh, and Mark Riddell jumping into the seats to clap his own try. Kenny Edwards Classic. doing anything? Yeah. <laughs> or Kenny Edwards here daring a friend to send one to a bunker. All right, like, we could be here all day. We better move on. It's good though. We got we got plenty. There you go. Yeah. Uh, f- this is from. No, these are people asking questions about your questions. Spreadsheet Ben says, okay, I have a question. Matt, what is your favorite Microsoft Excel formula function? <laughs> um, uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Regularly Wrong says, is the Manly roster the worst in the NRL? And which coach currently unemployed isn't deluded enough to, is deluded enough to think they can turn around that roster with a turbo in their current state? I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's the worst. <sighs> I wouldn't want to take over that roster. No, nor would I. Because the problem with that is that, yeah, you're tied to three players in DCE, Tommy and Jake, as good as they are, but you type for them for like three and a half million dollars for the next rest of the year eternity. Like you can't really put a stamp on the roster. You can't change anything. Yeah. That's uh, fair. I, I think it is the worst because I just think it's so devoid of talent around them at the moment. Okay. Anyway, uh, his next question says also, are the Broncos Queens their number one team again? I, I guess technically they are. The Titans will be the top of those three by the end of the year, I think. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed with the performance despite the loss. So we'll see how they go this week. But uh, yeah, I thought the Broncos were right. They're $2.75. Jesus Christ. Brisbane, like I'm not so, I'm still not used to Brisbane being like long outsiders in games, but there they are. $2.75 to play the Titans. What's doing here? Okay, next question comes from. No, that's that's not a question. Uh, Maddie Mapisa asks, has South member had a lose? Yeah, yeah, they have. They have. Uh, and this is a good one. A question from Bungard. At what point of the game Thursday did you lose all hope of the hoodoo being broken? You were sitting next to me. You could see the life drain from my eyes the second Pappenhausen dived in that corner. She um, wants an audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I honestly thought they was pretty much... I, the first time I was like, we're not going to win this was when they got that soft penalty on Jerome Hughes for Dan Gagai jumping at him as he kicked the ball. We, ju- we got it back to a six-point game, I think, at that point. And then they just gifted them two points. And I was like, yeah, we're not going to win this. Yeah. Uh, Harder Austin says, your top shouts were meh players that would kill it and play rep footy if they were on the storm. Well, fortunately, play rep footy, sorry. Unfortunately for me, I uh, Branko Lee was my one last year and he did it. <laughs> um. Pretty much any center or winger. So I'll just take not, uh, not, not George Jennings. Uh Ruben Garrick. Oh Very god, handsome. that's not a bad one. But yeah, think of some of the bags of like bags of speed or some flaws and go there and do do quite well. Well, so, I am well we said we Remus Smith would have been an answer for this question last year. So I'm really on the excited wing. to see how we go. Put him on the wing where he belongs. Fast guy. Fast guy. Yeah. Uh next question. Comes from Michael RCB Sharks. He says, "Has Billy Magulius's one run for three meters had enough to keep you in first grade?" 
minutes. It, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be hard to say. Well, then he played 11 minutes too. So def- definitely trying to send a message to our uh, our, our friend there, Andrew Fafita. I but... wonder, he must be training really badly because he looked good in the All-Stars game. He's trimmed yeah. down a lot. So I don't know. Tom's still got 45. Mate, Aaron Woods had a good game. That was weird. But yeah, I don't know if... um. I don't know. Is Bagulli sitting there as like a utility? But they have Connor Tracy too. I don't get it. He's just there to kick after the siren if they're losing a grand final by four points or whatever that scenario was. I can't remember. We forgot to touch on this one earlier, talking about the rule changes too. But how about one of the best tries of the weekend being off a scrum? That one. Yeah. Well. And uh, even Brandy Alexander on Fox was like, "Yeah, I like the scrum. Bring you know, bring the scrum back. I hope they do bring it back." Okay, we'll go over to Twitter, see if there's any good questions here. If there's no good questions here, you're not getting them. That's, that's, a, that's what you get. Oh, good, and my computer's going slow because I have a terrible laptop. Yep, and I will say that the only way to ensure that your question is answered is to be a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies to uh, support us. <laughs> okay. Uh, geez, the biggest target. So what would you do if you were given control of the Rugby League Museum at NRL HQ for a year? Don't give me that. What would you do, Bungard? Go on. I'm thinking. Um, oh, it'd be all Bronco shit for me. That's all it'd be. I'd just tear everything else down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything from 2000 and 2001 would be expunged. So one of your premierships is gone. Uh, any <laughs> any record of Super League would go. So that's another one of your premierships is gone. Um, any mention of Souths behaving inappropriately in 1909 will be removed from the record so that premiership becomes more legitimized any, um, any premiership from a well, competitions with like 10 teams in them or under let's get how many <laughs> yeah all right famously that ultra competitive super league that you won 1997 yes great. Oh, yeah please tell, talk about your forfeit comp- competition mate god mate there was no we will never know whether they were supposed to turn up or not so yes we've entered it super league say. teams have won more grand finals in the set yeah you, only if you team. count melbourne who didn't and play in the super league yeah so. under 10 teams is there was only 10 teams in super league that's why i said under <laughs> yeah yeah great uh no i definitely just bronchify it really ruin it a lot of lofty <laughs> stuff <laughs> um I, I yeah i don't know i i haven't actually ever been there so i don't know what needs improving so maybe it's good i don't know yeah uh this is a good one. Skill underscore hello. He says, why was there an orange boy? It seems odd to make a child buy and prepare the halftime oranges. Surely a simple parent roster should have been the better and fairer option. What did I miss? <laughs> I don't know, but I like the question <laughs> oranges. <laughs> What's he talking about? I missed uh, this. Uh, it was something, I think Peter Volander spoke about tackling the orange boy. But, I oh. do, but there definitely was an okay. or- orange at halftime. Remember that? That was actually a thing we all did. Yeah, it was great. Love oranges. Oh, God. Might smash an orange on my way to soccer tonight. Good idea, yeah, me. Okay. And uh, this will be the last one. Screw it. Jared Hunt says, has the first game killed your West Tigers hype? Nothing can kill the hype, baby. And no, the man. Dewey Decimal System didn't even play. So That's it. they haven't yeah, even look, begun to peak. Yeah, look, the halving, halves are a bit concerning, but yeah, they still got stomped where it mattered. So that, yeah. We'll be, the, the team of the podcast will be fine. <laughs> Oh, we did it. Another episode. Round one in the books. Uh, I'm sorry if this was a bit more doomy and gloomy than you're used to from us, but uh, yeah, didn't love it. It's fine. Maybe this week will be better. <laughs> it's Who fine. Yeah, we decided not to go through all the games either because we're so sour. <laughs> that wasn't why. Was, <laughs> no, I mean, not. this went for over an hour anyway. So yeah, it did. Yeah. Look, didn't have, didn't have time for that. Um, we'll be back soon. 
Um, thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support. I noticed recently the iTunes review score has shot up. It's finally recovered from all those review bombing that Parramatta fans and losers mm-hmm. on Reddit gave us, um, which is nice. But uh, yeah, if you haven't given us a review yet, please give us five stars. I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.